Questlove makes his directorial debut with Summer of Soul. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Today, I'm talking about a documentary directed by The Roots' Questlove, who is the drummer, called Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, which is all about the Harlem Cultural Festival, which was a giant music festival that happened the same summer as Woodstock in Harlem, which was attended by over 300,000 people, which had just kind of an explosion of black and Latin music all all playing at the same time in a bunch of different artists. And so, and in particular, it looks like the film was made because Questlove remembered this or had heard about this and couldn't find footage of it anywhere. And there was no, no album that went out or anything like that. And it's just kind of legendary performances that all kind of went by the wayside. So yeah, that's the, so that's the start of the appeal. I really like this because what I think is so great about it is that Questlove knows what the main appeal of this is, is that it's getting to see all of the performers involved. And I think it's kind of, so every, pretty much the entire film is set up with getting to see live performances from the big name acts, everybody from Sly and the Family Stone to Nina Simone to Stevie Wonder. And the thing that I like so much about it is that it kind of, weaves in the story of how the festival came to be in the first place you know for instance how they had a republican mayor who was big on this how they had a kind of a a community leader who (laughs) by by many accounts would kind of make promises based on other promises he hadn't gotten yet and then somehow managed to put this all together um you know kind of talking about stuff like what harlem was dealing with at this period of time and what was going on in the world at at this period of time so it's constantly referencing back what this meant in a cultural context so that so for instance there is a song where by the staple sisters uh, led by mavis staples who were singing about you know and one day we'll get somebody on the moon well sure enough in the middle of this the you know, Neil Armstrong walks on the moon that we you know we land at us land somebody on the moon and it's so fascinating to see all of all these people who are interviewed at the festival saying that this festival means more to them because they're talking about, you know, the music is more in their everyday lives and is talking more about the stuff, you know, stuff. They care less about the stuff on the moon. Like they spent, you know, there's a lot of people very eloquently saying, you know, all this money has been spent on getting a man on the moon and we're in Harlem, you know, struggling with either, you know, a drug epidemic or with, you know, extreme poverty or a dying neighborhood or businesses going, you know, going down and stuff like that. And I thought that was fascinating. But honestly, some of the stuff that is most effective for me is kind of how they describe the lead performances, because they talked to a bunch of people who were just there, who were attendees of the performances, and they each talked about why individual artists who many people may only know for one song in particular, why it was so important. And then a lot of the artists themselves then talk about why this individual performance was such a big deal to them. So 
it was, you know, so for instance, somebody like Sly and the Family Stone, well, this is on the cusp of when funk music, when psychedelic funk is coming into its own, and this kind of rainbow coalition of Sly's band being out there, you know, they had a white guy on drums, which apparently was just unheard of, and, you know, there's people talking about how every R&B group you saw at the time was like four dudes in suits, and once they saw them, they're like, nope, no, no suits anymore, and how cool it was to see like a woman playing trumpet, all this stuff, and so that was very cool, and then they have a bunch of jazz musicians who mixed in, you know, kind of Cubano, and a Puerto Rican, and a bunch of other different groups that all live in Harlem, and, you know, all live in, the, basically, in Washington Heights, and stuff like that, and fascinating, and, and talking to Lin-Manuel Miranda and his father, who was saying, like, yeah, this is a big deal, it's how, it's this intersection, you know, we lived in each other's lives, and their music was blending a lot like it was on this stage, and I think that was that's just some of the stuff that was most effective is just listening to how how this music came about and what it was inspired by and what these individual artists meant to the people that, you know, they're talking to. Some people talking, you know, there was one amazing story. One, somebody, uh, a woman who was one of the two students to integrate the University of Georgia talking about how seeing, you know, she needed to see Nina Simone because Nina Simone when she was being harassed in her dorm room got her through it like it's just stuff like that was just remarkable and then other moments where you know Stevie Wonder talking about he was at kind of a crossroads in his career and wasn't really sure where he wanted to go and basically after attending the Harlem Cultural Festival was basically like he's like you know what this is what I want to do I want to become politically outspoken and I want to take my music in a radical different direction and you can hear the future sounds of things like talking book and and uh oh my oh my goodness and his other like fulfilling his first finale and songs in the key of life you can hear all of his classic albums in you know in this performance that he's given it's just like you know the the distinctive keyboard sound and synthesizer sound it's so cool so just the combination of music and politics and culture just everything it's all thrown in to this you know comparatively you know short movie it's it's just under it's just under two hours and honestly could have been longer and i really hope that this brings a lot of attention to kind of what was at the time called black woodstock and you know it's it's kind of designed as like it's a tragedy it's not known more now but it should be and i hope that this film especially being available on a big streaming platform like hulu really gets it some eyeballs so Highly recommend this. The music is great. The insight is great. The, you know, the ability, you know, Questlove's ability as a director to kind of put a time and place in it and only occasionally getting, you know, getting it on camera, which is he's somebody who likes to talk music a lot. He just lets other people talk about it. He only just admits like watching other people get emotional about this concert gets emotional. I thought that was, that was really nice. So yeah, if you, if you've watched the film, please let me know what you think, but that's it for my thoughts today. As again, I think you should really watch it. This is even a good one to just kind of have on the background while you're doing stuff because the music is so joyful and timeless and yeah. So definitely check it out on Hulu if you haven't already. Summer of Soul. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time, everybody. Stay safe.